talk about clitorises. Clitorises, plural. I don't think that's what that is. I'm, as a straight man, I know what I'm talking about. The clitorati. He's 42. Jesus, he's good looking for a 42-year-old. I'm sorry, but clitorati is funny to me. Clitorati? Yeah. Is that just like sex toys who rule the world? It's poverty. It's an art. Right? Yeah, I don't know. Oh, poverty. What, Diddy? God damn it. Have dude. you fed him? Yes! Please don't yell at me. I'm just checking. Okay, so I've been wondering since I started rewatching like Modern Family, how offensive is it that Eric Stone Street plays a gay person, and more importantly, a very effeminate gay person? So we can also talk and lump that into James Corden played a. We have talked about James yeah, Corden in the prom, but have you seen the prom? No, I refuse to. So he got cast as the stereotypical cookie cutter gay, and then got Which is played by a gay person in the actual yeah, theatrical. Yeah. It's version. written as a homosexual, and then he played it, and then got nominated for an emmy yeah. as a straight person it's called gaslighting but yes no fed, for uh, gay. fed um decently stern conversations about the importance of colorblind casting in general should just be for whenever white people try and push back about casting minority groups mm-hmm. whereas if it's written as a gay person or it's written as a black person like i'm not gonna cast you in the color purple like shut the fuck up except as that one uh, racist i can really disappear into the role i mean there is that one the color purple. No, but the color purple does have that one racist police officer. That's what I've been training for my yeah, whole yeah. life. Like you definitely not to typecast you, but thank you. Slick your hair back a little bit more, and we got it. Well, I was just wondering because, like, I know like Modern Family came out in like oh eight. I mean, it's the same thing of Call Me by Your Name, which is Chalamet and Cannibal. And Hammer, yeah, Cannibal Lecter, and then they're both. Army Hammer's married with three kids, like... Well, that's why I was wondering, because, like... And then it's... Well, then you look and you're like, could you not find any actual gay twink in L.A. to play um, the 17-year-old boy that's seduced by a 25-year-old man? Oh, my. Well, like, the thing I thought of is, like, maybe... Not maybe, but, like, if it was just a role where they happen to be gay and it's... They're not doing these over-the-top flamboyant things and it's played by a straight person... I mean, still an issue, but it's the fact that, like, you have a straight person playing this, like, over-the-top gay per- like, a cliche, a stereotype. Well, it's, it's also- and then, like, the whole joke is it's like, oh, look, his boyfriend is actually played by a gay actor, but here's a straight guy, and he's the really flamboyant yeah. one. <laughs> but then it's like, it's not funny. And then it's also like, you look at Call Me By Your Name or Love, Simon, who is played in the show, like, he's a straight man. I don't know what Love Simon There was only, is. you don't know, Love, Simon was the first, um, it was made by Fox, I think. I think you're right. I mean, it was like the first gay movie for a, like a teen romance movie for a, like a major film company. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, it's, I mean, it's all the same of like, oh, you couldn't find actual gay person that could pass this 17 to play this role about coming out. Yeah, to come out as this teen struggling with his sexual identity. Okay, cool. Thank you so you much. You didn't want to look that hard. Well, it's because you're still pandering to straight audiences. You're yeah. saying, it's oh my okay. God, it's look, it's this fun thing and it's just a role. And then they're not actually like deviants or anything. Trixie Mattel says it best. I think that she's tired of these roles where these gay people are made out to be like overly top good people. I want to see a gay little queen sitting on the corner just, corner just being a rotted bitch the whole night. Like, we can be just as mean and catty, if not more so than you straight. So, like... Oh, I know. Put it in I the film. I work with a couple of you. Yeah, put it in the film. Imagine, like... That's why the gay... Which, they're also actually homosexual. The gays in Sex and the City series, which are still often used for a joke, because early 2000s. Yeah. Gays were discovered in 2001. 
they come from? Like from the ashes of 9-11 yeah. rose, like a so big like, rainbow phoenix. Right, like some homophobic grandpa was like, as if this year couldn't get worse. The Alphabet Mafia swooped in because they had never been in New York before then. Nope. Just stay in San Francisco. Well, listen, the uh, mid-80s Republican presidents didn't really want to talk about AIDS or HIV because that was the <sighs> devil's plague. Yeah. And that's all they knew about gays at that time. Anyway. What's that one thing we're here to talk about? Um, your drinking oh, yeah. is affecting me in the following ways. Getting a line behind family and friends. <laughs> I mean, I'll just call your sister. So yeah, we're here to talk about BoJack Horseman. Welcome to the pod from halfway down, like five minutes in. So I'm a little bit better than normal. I mean, we've had longer. Yeah. With a, I'm Stefan. I'm Steven. And yeah, we are here to talk about the BoJack Horseman show. The cookie I ate before here just kicked in, so this should get golden. Yeah, we didn't. No. It's made with love. Yeah. And heroin. <laughs> Which I have thoughts on Bojack and opiate use, but I think I should save that for either episode 11 or season 5. I mean, or yeah, anytime it's like relevant to the plot, so not this episode. So yeah, we're here to talk about first one, season 3, episode 2, Bojack Horseman Show, <laughs> written by Vera Santa Maria and directed by Adam Parton. And before I forget, I found out a really weird fucking tidbit the other day. You know, Joe Lawson, the writer, is done quite a few episodes uh-huh. i found out the other day that he was the guy who created the geico caveman commercials i don't know that just seems weird like he went from that to shows to bojack i found out because i was i think i was like reading up about something on modern family and it was like joe lost i'm like oh i know that name what the fuck is it? like i couldn't remember clicked on it, it's like oh yeah did the geico blah 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 at the very bottom also wrote like six really great episodes of bojack horseman they also had that sitcom starring Nick Kroll. Mm-hmm. I think caveman. all of us, including Nick Kroll, try to forget that. Um, we should all remember. Did you ever watch that? Nick no. Kroll at least got paid for it, so... It couldn't have been much. I mean... It couldn't have been much. Um, no matter what, that will never leave your IMDb page. My real question is, the caveman commercial is listed above his BoJack Horseman credits? Well, because that's like the first thing in his very small Wikipedia page is like... Huh. Created the caveman commercial campaign when he worked at some advertising firm. So, yeah. Anyway, would you like to go on a time machine now and go back to 2007? I think I would. And why are we going back to 2007? Because when I was 13, it was really formative for me. <laughs> Fuck. So, yeah, the whole... How ep- old were you, Stefan? 2007, I turned 18. That's when I graduated. Oh, that's right. I always forget, like, people were able to vote for Obama. Right here. Let that sink in. Oh, I was not legally able to vote for Obama. Neither time? No. Oh, man. You just look so old for how young you are. You're, you're <laughs> I knew that when we get you. <laughs> I have a late birthday. I don't have a lot of fight in me, but God damn it, I'll go down swinging. I'm often like, oh, God, why are my, the bags on my eyes so heavy? Oh, God, why is my neck like that? And and then, I'm oh, like, it's Monday. Poach hack horseman time. <laughs> well, and then, yeah, and then I'm like, oh, yeah, I didn't drink water all weekend and drank. And I have to drink tonight to be able to deal with my friend, Stefan. Holy shit. It's on record. You said, friend, do not cut that. I also said I have to... I'm going to bleep that. <laughs> My... <laughs> Did Steven just uh... call Stefan the N-word? <laughs> that is... It was censored, so we'll never know. You can't keep bringing up the N-word. <laughs> Well, my dad seems to think he can't. I know, God, and I'm so it. glad that you realize, or you know it's wrong, but your dad still, my father is the same way, I think. It's probably still, he says that it doesn't mean any sort of racial group, it means 
ignorant. Oh, you can tell when my dad like relishes like because he's quoting a black coworker of his, oh, and they're like, "Well, there's this," and, and like I'm like, "Dad, don't say that. Stop it." Also, oh, okay, okay. Also, I don't know that person's journey, but usually when a minority group gives a white person permission to use a slur, it's because they've been indoctrinated by the white patriarchy to think that they don't have an option. Well. Th- Dad didn't get permission. He's merely telling me a story from work when these two guys almost got in a fight. I'm over this already. Yeah. So was my sister. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, yes, it's 2007. We're getting a flashback to this other show that BoJack was on. Been alluded to for a couple episodes now, including season two. Um, So we're here and we wake up and Princess Carolyn and BoJack have slept together. We find out through exposition through the DJs on the morning talk or morning radio station that this is the first time they've slept together Mm -hmm. because she is still Marv's assistant for 13 years now. 13 years as an assistant. Poor girl. I know we talked about it a little bit in the past when the shows kind of dabble with flashbacks and stuff, but I feel like this episode, they just went balls deep first thrust, and like, we couldn't do a list of every single reference, throwback, call out, like... I mean, but you think of 2007, and it's probably in there. We got, as as they're driving, one, we have a great change to the theme song. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to try and sing it. Back in 2007, I was in a... Oh, at the end? Both at the the end end and the beginning. It's the end song. There's a theme song, which is the one that's played at the beginning. Then there's the end song that's done by Group Love. So you're saying it's the swan song. I don't know what birds were involved in the making of it, but there's a difference. You can't have two theme songs. We never see a swan character. Yeah, you do. Time's Arrow. The one girl that's picking on Beatrice. Oh, that's right. Okay. Bullshit. You rewatched it last week, so forgive me. I would have known already. I can't remember major plot points in whatever we're covering, but God help me, a random animal from three seasons ahead. I have blacked out my mother's birthday, but I do know that there was a swan in this show. <laughs> Anyways. Well, they've woken up. <laughs> yeah, so, so the whole episode is set as a flashback to 2007, talking about bojack horseman's other show and kind of like aspects of his and pc's relationship where diane and mr peanut butter were and we start getting a glimpse into todd's kind of the arc that's coming up i know we've talked about before where it's like yeah it's they don't really dive into it until season three but we'll get in we can get into it later but we can get into it we can get into it later if he's so apprehensive about it now what do you think happened between now or 2007 and present that he's kind of repressed it or not spoken on it. But I mean... Because he's still... Like, it's not like it's like... Some people are like, I've known, I just haven't told anyone because it doesn't actually matter. His was... He has an actual revelation arc of like, oh my god, I am. I mean, we've seen or it's hinted that like, Todd gets in all these like, wacky adventures and stuff. Does he have any like, true friends? Like so far in the story like an honest to god friend that he could talk about this or get more of experience because mm-hmm. i mean the closest friend we've seen so far is bojack who is not going to engage in a deep conversation about his sexuality or where he is on the spectrum Emily's still there she just has a giant uh i think they dipped out because remember emily we see her in the flashback of todd getting hooked on decapathon so that i'm guessing happened shortly after the events in this episode and they probably just lost touch as he kind of started just wandering throughout the hollywood hills you know i think she was just doing her thing and you know they just kind of lost touch and they reconnect again and at, you know she's starting to push back and you know wanting a relationship mm-hmm. with him i don't think i mean love todd not the most intelligent person and not someone who's probably had a, like a true revelation of like oh 
I'm an asexual. Like, he knows it's in there. Like, there's Spoilers. he hints at it. Sorry, Gabe. Yeah. And I mean, also, I think it that probably makes the, not, the most sense, probably. And the fact that he doesn't have anyone around him to give him the... Which is another point from Drag Queens that I'll share. Seeing gay people and seeing, like, transgender people and black people and, like, minorities that aren't given a stage or a presence a lot... Mm-hmm. Seeing them on TV does not make you gay or make you want to be trans or mean that you hate white people and love black people more. It just makes you realize, like, oh, this is the the journey that they've had, and I can now have the language to express myself yeah. in that phrase and anything like that. So, so I think it. You start watching TV and you saw a giant asshole on the screen. You realize that you're a giant asshole. Thank you. I'll take it from here. Okay, anyway, so yes, no, I think it's correct that like. Oh, his circle is small mm-hmm. and he hasn't really challenged himself to like seek out the vocabulary he needs to well, express that fact of, oh my God, this is my sexual identity. This is like why it's okay. This is affirming information for me. And he, also with that, like no contact with his parents and not that necessarily they would aid him and be like, oh, Todd, it looks like you're asexual. But I mean, you know, if you have someone who's a super closed minded or homophobic parent, just them pushing in that way might make you recognize what mm-hmm. you are what you how you feel but i mean it also then pushes you yeah we don't need to get into all of that okay so my quote for her getting ready as princess carolyn trying to convince bojack to finally take a meeting with marv to like ask it hey what shows do you have for me she says it's 2007 already i gotta get uh, get my uggs on and go to work like, my quote was let's get wrecked and get shrek <laughs> because popular things uggs and shrek Oh. And we find out Bojack isn't ready to take another role. Um, it's been 11 years since Horsin' Around closed. Yeah. What kind of gratuitous does this man have that he can take just 11 years off? He had to get some kind of back end from it. Something. Because, I mean, I mean at least in the 90s, cost of living was a lot lower. Right. But then, like, he still has, like, a very well-done mansion in the Hollywood Hills. And then... Substance abuse. Right. And then this show probably didn't pan out as much as he wanted, so he probably got a small boost from that to keep going into the present day. Yeah. But I want to see this man's taxes. Let's get the Supreme Court involved. But real quick... They won't that- do anything. They're chickens. <laughs> do you see? He called them chickens. He said that they were cowards. That's the best shit talking On CPAC, because the Conservative Political Association is still giving him a voice. Nope, because they want to keep their jobs. Well, because he helped co-found that super PAC. Also, Josh Hawley is a rape. Not Josh Hawley. Josh Hawley is an awful person. Madison Cawthorn is a sexual offender. Do not let the wheelchair fool you. He can still diddle. A man that has to say that, hey... Everyone's given an unwanted smile to a woman before. You probably shouldn't be concerned or what shocked. Smile does he have? Shot. I mean, he looks like Two Face before the accident. So, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's almost verbatim. The exact quote is: "Every man has given a woman an unwanted smile in his day." And then this week, we're all shocked that all these people have sexual allegations against him from college. Can you read up on that? I didn't see that yet. I mean, I know you told me about it earlier, but yeah. And he's also used his disability as an excuse for the fact that he can't be a sexual offender. Anyway, whenever you're called the uh, new face of the GOP, I just immediately just assume that you uh, are a horrid monster. Whatever can level up from Mitch McConnell as far as the GOP standards, I assume Darth Sidious is standing behind you going, do it, do it. Real quick, back on the topic of the show. Oh, yeah. How did we even get here? 
a really dumb question. Okay, so when it first opens up and it's the alarm clock alarm clock playing and there's like that beat going, uh-huh. that was Rihanna's umbrella, right? Or like a non copyright infringing version. I didn't catch that. Sorry. Hmm? Oh, I didn't catch that. Motherfucker. I just like the song. It's a good song. Okay. You've already said you've watched it 20 times more than me. I'm sorry I didn't catch a two-second I figured if anyone would know about Rihanna, it'd be you. No, we're boycotting Rihanna as the homosexual community because she hasn't given us music in a decade. Anyways, continuing. So, as we go through, again, reminded that it's 2007. Mm-hmm. We're on a drive. Favorite signs oh, for me. Love Amy Sedaris' singing voice, by the way. Oh, beautiful. Right? Sing along to the radio in her little convertible. My favorite signs were refinance if you dare slash everything will be okay. <laughs> Because in 10 short months from this episode in the show, the financial crisis will happen. Yet another round of trauma for our generation. And the world will look at America and say, fix this, it's your fault, or we all die. And China still says, we're still good. Okay, everyone shut up. <laughs> and then we Remote Strap Warehouse. We only have we Remote Straps. That always makes me think of like a friend of mine who like within a week of them getting a Wii lobbed a Wiimote right through the TV. Which also, like, just makes me feel old. It's like, oh, yeah, the Wii did come out 14 years ago. Like, I remember when that was, like, the big new thing. Mm-hmm. Same with PS3 and Xbox uh, 360. Mm-hmm. And now you play the graphics on it, you're like, what is this two-bit This is Grandpa. Yeah. <laughs> grandpa games. This block edit Minecraft-looking th- version of 3D. <laughs> um, I kicked ass at Wii Bowling. Fun cameos outside of Todd's awkward conversation with Emily. When they're leaving David Hasselhoff Floor Burgers, they bump into Mia, who is currently at mm-hmm. Stanford. Stanford, yes. So Stanford is in the East Coast. But it says Stan... No. It says... It's not. It's a S-T-A-N-F-O-R-D, right? Stanford is California. No, no, no. Stanford. S-T-A-M-F-O-R-D is in, like, But then the sweater says Stanford. I'm saying there's two different things. There's Stanford, which is in I'm, California. I'm aware, but she's at neither of those. Oh, it's probably her sweater said S T A N F U R T. It's probably a reference to Frankfurt or something, like a joke. It's like a mashup. But anyway, so she's at her prestigious college. Yes, that she we, talked about a couple, her last season. We know what's about to happen. She's going to graduate with honors, and then in nine years from this, she's going to still get shown up by Todd, mm-hmm. who bumps into her on accident. She gives him a dirty look. So I don't know if we talked about, maybe we did in the previous episode, Emily being voiced by Abby Jacobson, mm-hmm. who's in Broad City and Disenchantment and other stuff. <laughs> love, love, love. Mm-hmm. Finally, finally, finally sitting down actually watching Broad City. So I'm... Still need to. It's fun. I mean, I watched one episode. It was it was good. We talked about this. I'm also dramatic enough that now that I'm watching, I'm like, oh my god, that's the gif I sent yesterday. Like, because Abby and Alana are just so dramatic that they're the best like reaction gifs. Hmm. And so, like the scene of her like running down the hallway, crying, bumping into things. That's in the first season, like episode three. And I'm like, oh my god, that's amazing. Hmm. So. Anyway, the more you know. Um, we then go to a coffee shop and we find that Mr. Peanut Butter is there with his second, sec- wife. second and final wife, Jessica Beale. Who is voiced by the actual Jessica Beale. And who I is. Just, I want to know these contract negotiations for these actresses and actors. They're like, we want you to play yourself. I'm like, okay. Is it like a serious role? Like, no, no, no. No, I can speak to this. I've... It's mocking everything you've done so far in a light way and then like having you interact with our no, characters. She's, um, Raphael's talked about that. They initially went very light and she was the one that encouraged him like dude make fun of me like use this as ammo and like giving them stuff so like she gave them full permission to just i love that as uh blarn the barista is taking the order who is actually diane Mm -hmm. along with wayne 
Wayne is even worse in this than he is in an actual like present day show. Yeah. Hey babe, you but know I'm using I'm, it in a I'm using that in way. an ironic way, and you know that, right? That way I can poke at the um sexist agenda. No, you're a douche. And what's her friend's name again? I always forget. I don't the care. Plain enough. friend. I don't know, but she's playing a Nintendo DS, so she's cool. That's the standard we set, so Yeah. I do love her line. Ah, white people are the worst, right, guys? Right. Roxy. Uh, Roxy. Roxy. I did have that note that it's odd to think that in 2007, that was still like a weird enough thing to say that like they were like, yeah. But now I'm like, white people should pay reparation. We should all burn in hell. Oh, yeah, yeah. But she's not doing it in like the angry leftist way like we no, do. No, she's it's, doing that she's ironic like, like 2007 way where they're like, ha ha. We know there was a problem, but we're not going to acknowledge yeah, it. Guys, it's cool. I have a NOS album. It's fine. I, can, also, I know what's going on. I graduated college, which means I'm fine. Yeah, there's that. We do get mentioned when Peanut Butter is talking to Jessica Biel. He mentions the seahorse seaborn milk. Which I love that it's just this commercial he shot in 2007 is hanging in there i love that i think it's hilarious just in general she doesn't like him taking all these weird and random jobs and he says no you have to take every meeting michael vick left me a very strange offer on my voicemail but i think i'm gonna hear him out younger listeners will know (laughs) that or may not know that back in the mid to late aughts michael vick a very famous football player he went to jail, right? Yes. For yeah, they uh, dog fighting him and, and his enti- they're like six people or something got convicted, like yeah, actually good. convicted. Good. Spent a couple years rehab, then came back. And he's back in football, right? I want to say he works for Fox Sports. Now. I would say I think he's a um a consultant commentator because I think he got banned from the NFL during all this, like before oh. conviction. No, he played again. He did. Yeah, he played for both Pennsylvania teams. Ew. Two Pennsylvania teams. Pittsburgh and Philadelphia. Huh. Look at that. Both cities that uh, I'll write that in my guidebook that flipped of Pennsylvania this last election. So we have to be nice to them on mic, Stefan. Yeah, the two listeners were there. They're gonna cancel. I like us. to think that all of our listeners are probably from Pittsburgh. <laughs> Seems awesome. their vibe. We're angry Philadelphians. Angry, angry leftist that like PBR. Yeah. If any of you are actually from uh, Pittsburgh, I'm so sorry. You seem fun. I've never been. I want to go. But, um, but also, so yeah, Jessica Biel is just like really coming down hard on Mr. Peanut Butter. Meanwhile, Diane is excited that she got a rejection letter from the New Yorker and starts trying to talk about like other places she could get published in while her <laughs> friends Wayne and Roxy mock it endlessly, revealing that they know they actually do like the New Yorker. They're just trying to be pretentious. And then act break. Hmm? What are you doing? Looking at drag queen. What? Talk about PC and Marv. Jesus. It's not that hard. So we go to we go to Marv's <laughs> office where Princess Carolyn has been uh working as an assistant for thirteen years. Marv, have we actually seen Marv in person yet? Uh-huh. Okay, we have Paul yeah. Tompkins. I fucking love him. Just... I mean Marv's a horrible person, but like <laughs> the shit he says okay, is hilarious. So this scene is hilarious. One <laughs> Princess Carolyn. What scripts did I read this weekend? <laughs> Version well, I just players. love that. Yeah, I just love that. He's like, what scripts oh, that I... <laughs> I can't, you can't get that low register. Well, I can't because I just have a, such a soft, supple voice. Mm. She kissed a girl. <laughs> I would like... she liked it. <laughs> I would like to see that. Yeah. Mine just immediately goes to that old, decrepit sea anemone mom from SpongeBob. Chocolate. Oh, Chocolate. Yeah. Um, but so... So, yes, standout lines from this one are, and when you're done, go down and buy a pair of crotchless panties from the bodega. I saw a stewardess at the, what restaurant? 
Uh, I can't remember. I just, the line was like, just we that. did not make yes. eye contact. <laughs> I go get her those. We did not make eye contact. Yep, I'm some boo negligees. Jesus Christ, like just such rich, funny one-liners. I as just put Marv as... as a special kind of creep. Oh, and what's, what's just so funny is that like I'm glad they're using, because they've used this character trope, obviously, in like Hank After Dark and stuff as the dark side of it, but using it as an actual comedic source that they're like, no, no, no we all know this man is bad mm-hmm. and we hate him and he's disgusting and old. Yeah, I'm weirdly okay with it, even though I know like in real life they can all be disgusting and old and creepy and then still like abuse people and Mm -hmm. like damage people forever so anyway you mentioned it earlier uh yeah he's having princess carolyn read scripts for him the ones that she reads for him that he turns down like (laughs) no country for old men there will be blood at which point he says there will not be blood and like keeps throwing your scripts up into the ceiling fan fan that like is like custom super powerful things one weird thing i will say paul f tompkins also had a small cameo in there will be blood Really? Mm-hmm. It's been a couple of years since I've seen it. Mm-hmm. So nice. very funny then that we have that line. Also, he says all scripts and all titles are only successful. There are only two words. Two words. But he has a poster that he's done for his uh, girl. It's his Squirrel Friday. Yeah. But it's his Girl Friday. So what's the truth, Marv? What's the truth? Maybe Marv just mean, you know, it's one of those where they'll make an exception if it suits them kind of thing. But he won't proceed with anything over towards or it was just an error on their part because they like the Maybe. animal pun um a modern thing where a modern movie has to have a shorter title for a shorter attention span that's true maybe so he's adamant that the only successful movies have a two-word title which princess carolyn has a third one it's a show or script for a television pilot and the actual title is the life and loves of mitch mcfadden and his family and friends and she's just like it's "Uh, mitch's life he was like that one sounds like a winner which is ironic because both of the shows that he threw out one hugely successful hugely successful also they both came out in 2007 which means they would have been it well into post-production when they're actually mm-hmm. discussing it in 2007 so that's my only like plot hole thing just so they can get dear like, the... Raphael waxberg and the cast that's why they just Blue wanted I, they, I think they just wanted the joke of like he's an idiot yeah sexist and also we're gonna make this fun joke with paul f tompkins also i do love no country for old men such a good movie there will be a blow is good but i really like no country so well, we i was gonna say she oh, suggests oh, oh. bojack for the role of Mitch's life. Uh huh. And of course, Marv is just like, no, the greatest agent couldn't get him a job. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he, lazy. I, anything I've tried to give him in the last decade, he's turned down. I mm-hmm. don't know what his deal is. I'm almost over him. Blah, blah, blah. We also find out that Mitch's life or the life and times of Mitch McFadden, blah, 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 is written by a well known, renowned, respected screenwriter named cuddly whiskers show creator yeah voiced by jeffrey wright who we found out in the last episode bojack has a mission to go and find and help according to jill pill who at the time we did not elaborate on their relationship we assume it's sexual however we then cut to bojack has been convinced to have a meeting with cuddly whiskers his warning i'm about to say lovers <laughs> i know i'm jumping ahead but i just love that one. Just warning i'm about to say lovers lovers so we find out that Cuddly Whiskers has made his name known in Hollywood, which is still Hollywood at this time, mm-hmm. by a very well-known show, critically acclaimed, called Krill and Grace. Parodying the show Will and Grace. In which Bojack quote says, really gave a uh, spotlight to the Krill community. <laughs> Since Will and Grace is lauded as one of the first primetime shows to focus on gay people, even though they barely do it besides the weird anal joke between Jack and... 
will. Oh my. Was it a good show? I never watched it. It's fine. Again, if you're, it's weird to look back on like, if you watch a time, a, a, so that's false, but I'd rather you watch Queer as Folk if you want like early aughts queer show. And honestly, even the L word is better than Queer as Folk. Episodes of the L word. Uh-huh. But Will and Grace is one of those weird ones. It's like very like, white straight people will think this is funny even though there's a homo on the screen yeah here's your plate of food sir could it be and one then, where it's like that kind of walks so that like better shows could come and actually do the work yeah, yeah yeah like it's very much like we have to get them ready for an actual conversation and so then it's like will being like oh i hate men oh and then Lee, yeah <gasps> scandalous and then jack just being like very like all wrist and which i think is honestly where i get a lot of like my physical movement from because i just do this a lot <laughs> as they're talking cuddly whiskers tells bojack he's tired of writing the same old same old for television he wants to write something real something that lasts this mid-aughts edgy it had to be on fx right that's every time i watch it, i'm like oh. this was on fx it was two and a half men and then this show like, oh as far so it was as... like on nbc or abc or cbs one of those oh, sorry i'm young because two and a half men went to fx right whenever the charlie sheen thing happened no that was always on uh cbs or abc cbs cbs oh maybe i'm just thinking of it got syndicated on yeah, fx syn- yeah. but no it, it would have been the way they're talking about it it would have been like something that premiered like right after it's always sunny before getting switched with like the league so you're thinking it's like the family guy of this yeah, but like a live action the edgy like, thing. I mean, like all those shows that popped up in the mid aughts. Yeah, I mean, it's always sunny. The like, sh- uh, ooh, we shield. have to. We're gonna push something spicy. They're allowed to say shit on air. Yeah, and then it's like, <gasps> whereas now like the envelope. Every FX show is like, fuck this, fuck that, cocksucker. Like they just say whatever the fuck they want. If you don't get murdered in, in an FX show as a guest cat character, are you a guest character? I love Sons of Anarchy. Speaking uh, of great FX shows. Before kind of going back to FX, Charlie Sheen did have a show on FX called Anger Management. Management. Yes. I remember that. I never before watched it. after Two and a Half Men. During, but it was kind of like after he left and was replaced with Ashton. Oh my God. Yeah, because uh, yeah, he had the the big meltdown. Was the social relevance the of this show. And then, yeah, he was on there. And that was, honestly, I think this could be like an out, like a, a version of that of sorts. Because, yeah, I remember it was him just being super edgy. Mm-hmm. I never watched mm-hmm. it, but... Wow. So yeah, Cuddly Whiskers is talking it up. He doesn't want it to be a, like a normal sitcom like he's done in the past. Mm-hmm. And Bojack's getting really excited. And when talking about it with PC later that night, which PC is reading a book called Eat, Spay, Love, which I had to pause and laugh at. I never caught that. It's Eat, Spay, Love, made famous for those eat, of you pray, not love. watching. They Eat, Pray, Love, the book turned into a movie starring Julia Roberts in which she goes on a world tour to find herself after heartbreak. <laughs> is that the toothy gal from Mystic Pizza? <laughs> also, I'm sorry. I can love Nick Offerman. Calling Julia Roberts the toothy gal is just mind-boggling to me that's like something you would see on celebrity deathmatch in the mid-90s yeah, it's so like just like funny. a weird so visual funny. also like this is me being as a weird just because i love my weird tangents have you seen stepmother oh i love that movie my parents let me watch that when it came that, out whenever i think of Snow julia Bowling. roberts i don't think of runaway bride i don't think of aaron brockovich really i think of stepmother it was a good movie it was such i mean a i haven't movie. watched it in like 15 years but i really susan sarandon susan sarandon. the one girl from hunger games and into the wild susan sarandon and julia roberts and ed harris who was in the rock crying and holding each other as susan sarandon dies in a chair she got that medical marijuana she did she you know she was sitting there high as a kite being like my kids are good i'm just gonna lay down like i just remember like because i was young enough and they're like oh mentioned snow blowing I'm like what's that what's snow blowing now i know now we're educated 
Beijing. But yeah, no, it was a good movie. movie. I remember watching that like with all my like small town family on VHS and my grandma's. I remember watching it on prime time with my aunt when she would watch me. Yeah. I was like six, and that's how I would just sit in there and watch Stepmother enthralled, and then that night would sneak behind the couch and watch Sex and the City. No one knew I was gay. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) My only other note for this little segment as we skip back to the coffee shop is fuck Wayne, which we've already touched on, but like this man is just- Actually, ugh, Wayne. And then, yeah, it's the white people are the worst guys. And so after that, we cut to Todd and Emily. They're in the closet doing Seven Minutes in Heaven, which in the background is Daddy Longlegs. Or Don't Wake Daddy Longlegs. I appreciated that visual reference. I didn't. It was gross. So, I mean, this scene is basically irrelevant to my life in the fact, besides we're building up Todd's anxiety. It's building up for later of why Todd gets anxiety about physical intimacy. Yeah. um, And what about it makes him tick. However, going back to Eat, Spay, Love and BoJack, she basically she's like, what are you so freaked out about about taking this jump? Bojack is terrified to be in a show and then have it compared to Horse and Around and it flop. Mm-hmm. Or having it compared and not being as good in general. And he's just terrified of having that jump. And then he says, no one's going to like me. And Princess Carolyn's just like, no, I'm, I'm not doing this. Mm-hmm. You are talented. You are smart. You are funny. And if you can't see that, you're the biggest, dumbest piece of shit in the world. <laughs> I mean, I love PC. 2007. It was a bit less of a refined get your shit together. Yeah, conversation. But it, it's the uh, groundwork for it. Yeah, I, it's for yeah. the movie star. I like speech. to think that like the next time, like she's like Bojack. Listen to my advice. I need to revamp it for my next client, though. And then from yeah. there, the get your shit together talk was born. Because of that, he does agree to do it. Princess Carolyn overhears this while she's like. You know, in the lobby of Merv's office. Princess Carolyn, guess who just got Bojack a job? You are the assistant to the, the best agent in the world. <laughs> I just love her, like, disappointment. She's, huh? And I do like the little bit when they're back at home, like, right before the table read, like, in bed. And he's nervous that I got you a gift. And it's a box with, with crinkly paper in it. As I look at the crinkly bag on your floor that and your cat is And there's tinfoil over with. there. Yeah, there's, yeah. like paper bag over there yeah it's, yeah it's um, a cat dad it's a cat mommy i understand this within very well. we do get this other nugget though that as he's talking to everyone he's still looking for sympathy from princess carolyn from cuddly whiskers from anyone of like he needs confirmation that this will validate him mm-hmm. because he thought that doing horsing around would make him happy in the long run you okay i'm just tying my shoe oh okay sorry what the entire shoe damn. just disappeared to tie a shoe i can't see that from my angle on the laptop let him tie a shoe i'm done tying my shoe proceed steven with the rest of the episode did you tie your shoe i did i used the bunny ears technique he takes a step and just trips and like goes right through the drywall did you did you double knot of course okay good that's all um you're welcome it's really just piss off stefan more it is fun to do it is I name each of you in my suicide note. Uh, can I be reasons one through 12 and Joey can be number 13? You get number three. Joey's just at the end where I give you the microphone so you can do better things with him. I'm only one reason. Do you have a notary? I mean, the cat stamped it. He's got his seal of approval. Strep goes to notary public. I'm only one reason. Yeah, but I wrote it in like crazy rainbow glue so they know how much I hate you. <laughs> like this one took time. We respect that. <laughs> I was actually um, picturing you writing it in lipstick. It's just on my mirror. 
I'd be like, he wrote it in beige. Jesus, fuck. Guys, it's me. My alma mater is hot topic. It'd be black lipstick. <laughs> he, he bought it in bulk in 2006 and just hasn't ran out. It was a buy two, get one free sale. I'm, spend more, save more, dumbass. Anyway. I did. Anyway, Bojack says, promise me everything is going to be okay. Like, we see this man that is plagued by this idea that, like, this show will define him in the worst way. And it will not be <laughs> the hype that Horsin' Around is, which I think is almost, we find out later that it indeed does flop like a fat kid at a swimming pool. But what? Fat shaming? No. Steven, we don't mock other people's weights. <laughs> you... <laughs> I'm too high for this. You can't. Are you smoked? No. I... <laughs> what are you, diabetic that a sugar cookie throws you over the edge? Fuck you both. <laughs> I'm just confused. I don't know when you're just doing a deep cut and when you're actually serious anymore. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned, what, 40, 50 minutes ago? Yeah, like at the top. It didn't make sense then either. How are you getting half a fucking cookie? It wasn't edible. <laughs> it was! You said it wasn't. I asked you. I said no and then nodded at you. <laughs> supposed to know what your nod means it's either meeting in the stall or yes the cookies laced with drugs it was direct it doesn't bode well for me it was direct eye contact during the conversation and i avoid eye contact with you at all possible causes that's how i gain some of your ickiness it's what shamans say it travels through the eyes it's like a window to the big gay soul i there's like a 20 minute gap in the episode Stefan. what happened all kinds of shit my immediate response to this was yeah so does your dad when he's in me but then i was just like i don't want your dad in me he says the n-word yeah he probably says it when he comes all over your back spray and pray bitches your dad does no he doesn't pull that game bad because i was a mistake so was my youngest sister (laughs) your dad does strike me as the kind of person that would like get off on calling me the f-slur while having sex with me and not realize the i would too <laughs> Why do we do this again? Oh, Stefan, it'll motivate anyway, you. So they, they they pitch the show, and they're at the craft service table. They're at the table read. They're reading it. Yes. And also, and I bring that up because in the background, amongst the many of visual gags, is koala fornication. It's a parody of Californication. I had no idea. Which, as I've said before, has a lot of similarities to Bojack, especially in the early seasons. You mean an anthropomorphic animal standing on his underwear? David Duchovny can be whatever he wants if he's in his underwear. Jesus, God. Tell me I'm wrong. Anyway, I would like to get to Cuddly Whiskers. Oh, now we want to get back on track. My favorite line of this character ever in this one blip because he's never seen again. But he says, as the agents come up to him, they're like, we love the show. We just love it. It's the most so amazing good. show. It's so good. He says, hey, 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 don't feed me to finger me. You don't have the... to feed me to finger me. And you, you have to do the, listeners, oh, you can't see the that. finger twirl. He he's does... going up in the anus. Oh, no. And yeah, he does like a twirl, wiggle. Like, my finger is not like that dexterous to do, like... Must be a hamster thing. I mean, some of the guys you've been with have told me that you're not great when it comes to fingering. And Why are I, you talking to the guys I've had sex with? I need all the ammo I can get. So you're hunting down my... Hunting tinder- is the appropriate word unless the law enforcement's involved. Oh, Rob. <laughs> Who spilled coffee on my truck? It's coming right at me. What, do you wish he would shoot his load into you? I wish that he could cock your gun. No, shove a shotgun up my hole. Jesus, what are you into? I respect it. I don't keek shame. Never mind. Let me get my little gay book. I have so much more to learn. 
Hold on, sorry, my handwriting is horrid. So yes, as they're talking, don't feed me to finger me, just lay on the notes. They have no notes. It's wonderful. They think it's going to be as big as horsing around. Mm -hmm. Cut to our dear Bojack Elizabeth Horseman with fear in his eyes as just the music stops. Like he's like, oh shit, what did I do? Bojack Elizabeth Horseman. Yeah. Do you ever not give people like random middle names? I think it's the funniest thing to do. Noted. Like Stephen Carol Morris is hilarious. Oh, I'd be so refined. Like I was a fifties like industrialist. Ooh, and you'd be like two R's, two L's, Carol. Oh, actually, See, had someone declined recently. Who's that was how their name? Was. It was a guy. Carol was their first name. Carol Baskin. He was, a, he was a he was a convict. A lot of convictions. Carol Baskin Robbins would be a hilarious drag name. Fuck. That's it- so funny. Would it be inappropriate for me to do drag? So I've had this conversation with a straight before. About me? No, with, oh. a, with a straight. I don't think so. Some do. I mean, I, I wouldn't. That feels really disrespectful. No, it's an art form. It's a community building art form. Yeah, but I'm this doing it for the same... sake of a joke. Like, intent okay. means a lot in this country. Some drag queens do it just to get pissed on. Like Piss pickies? Yes. <laughs> oh my. Yes. Wait, like, why that's is a... the drag necessary to get pissed on? No, it's just what they prefer. They'd rather be pissed on. So it's on. not correlated. It just, they like being a drag and they like getting pissed on. I mean, like, they don't have to equal each other to benefit. No, I'm just, just curious. I'm, um, I'm trying to learn to be more of an ally. I don't think you need, really need to worry about piss pigs getting allies. Well, and it's that kind of indiscretion that sets our causes back, Steven. Fuck you. I hate you so much. No, but that's a genuine argument of like, that's why some people are like, women, like, women can't be drag queens. And I'm like, no, they can. Leave them the fuck alone. Like, I it's just an, feel like if I did it, it it's would be It's an art wrong. form that celebrates the queer community and the powerful, beautiful people, specifically queer and also black communities that have built up everything that we have. And then sometimes people forget that. And then uh, Drag Race fans on the internet call people the N-word a lot. Excu- it is a very prevalent issue that gay white twinks are racist as shit. I've heard about this before. Racist ass drag fans. Ass drag? Yes. Yes, the number of like drag race queens that have come up like, yeah, of course, like an episode airs and they sent home like a white fan favorite, Mm -hmm. immediate racial slurs. My ex once told me when they worked in the uh, food industry that they worked with a coworker who was gay. And was upset about a black queen like winning Well, no, no, but like super racist because there's those racist tropes in in service industry. And it was just like, she would tell me about this and we're both just kind of like, Again, maybe yeah. this is like very privileged for me, but it's like racist you, tropes in the service industry, and then also, but in like straight from white someone people. who's like a marginalized person already. So this is what's always baffled me is I don't know how marginalized people can be bigoted against others. It's a prevalent thing. However, it's again going back to the patriarchy turning them against each other, so that yeah. way they don't have to fight the patriarchy. If black people think gay people are wrong, then they're still going to hate gay people and not focus on the white straight cis patriarchy if asian americans which are still asian hate crimes are on the rise now because donald trump is a fucking xenophobe Mm. they all are fucking all gop are fucking xenophobic asshats but if the asian community is told oh you're the token minority for the longest time they're still going to demean latin americans and spanish americans that can't speak english very well one above somebody else yes you like a hierarchy yes you pit them against each other so they don't focus on the fact that you are causing institutional drama of their lives and then it's all things so yes so it's very easy to fall in this pitfall of oh she's black and then it's like okay now we're here that's a bummer which i realize is like a very unnuanced way of like addressing that it's it's a big bummer yes but yeah you 
dig into it like why is and well, then you white get people into, are the worst right guys and then you get into the fact that intersectionality can't win because of that because then you have a black trans woman or a black gay person and then you're like oh they're double set against by the system wow look at me coming in with a random nuggets of actual information qualification that was a pretty fun visual gag hate you with not more than i hate myself i would rather douche with don dish soap than talk to you another john dish soap like your liver's filling don dish soap does that not work good for anal cleansing I'm pretty sure it says on the bottom, don't ingest in any way. It definitely has the generic. Yeah. And mine says, go for it. Shove it up he your has, butt if you want. It's a he, very weird asterisk mark. He but... has actual jaundice dish soap. Like, yeah. yeah. John, J-A-W-N. My skin's like flushed and yellow. Like J-A-W-N dish soap. John dissed me and then just discharged up my ass. Oh my God. You were very obsessed with anal tonight. I learned it from you. <laughs> I learned it from you, mama. A bad show tune reference, but anyway, that's also misquoted. But anyway, mm. so as we find out later, um, Jessica Beale has this weird friendship brewing. <sighs> okay, with I did not know she was with Justin Timberlake until watching this. They and have a kid. I think two. I, two yeah. or three now. I didn't know or give a shit about. Like they've been happily married since like 2008. I didn't know that. I he never broke kept... up with Britney and then got with Jessica. Didn't I mean I knew he broke up with Britney? Yeah, did not know who he was with. Four or five was the denim jumpsuit moment. Ugh. The way his singles are is he's just a happy bachelor with Timbaland and Pharrell. Maybe I don't know. Anyway, yeah. So she has this weird friendship with Justin Timberlake, and as Peanut Butter says, yeah, you know I'm so happy you have a really supportive friend. You should do all the things you and I don't do together, like go to the park and watch tennis. Tennis makes me so mad. I don't think just catch it. Yeah, and as we find out later. One of the things she does with Justin, she has to do with Mr. Peanut Butter, is have sex. Because we got a real Mr. and Mrs. Smith moment going on here. 2001, by the way, is the denim. Ooh, much earlier than I thought. Um, for you, Mr. Did that Mrs. cause 9-11 or did 9-11 cause that? Stop going back to 9-11. It no. was a few months before. Oh. So they were so the justified the jury's out. in the attack. <laughs> I love that denim suit moment. <laughs> Surprise. Um, I've seen your outfits before. <laughs> funny, I've seen yours too. Yeah, but I'm not the one who prides themselves on being so fashionable. I know what I am. I can look in a mirror and see the truth. What do you see? God. God ain't real. He's not smiling back. <laughs> That's though. why I'm an atheist. Anyway. So yeah, so Mr. and Mrs. Smith, Stefan, is when Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt I saw the movie. movie I don't know how this relates to her fucking because dog. Because that movie is the catalyst for Brad breaking up with Jennifer Aniston and getting with Angelina. Did you wear comfortable shoes? Because that was a long walk to get to that joke. Famous couples breaking up with each other over a part. It's not a long walk. And they're probably the most famous. That was probably the most famous. For the longest time, it was, ooh, does Angelina hate Jennifer? And then they finally had to squash in like 2013 and go on like a, a Skype cameo together for an award show. I don't care about any of this. Don't. The network loves the BoJack Horseman show. They do, and they're they really do. excited. But that freaks out Cuddly Whiskers and BoJack, who uh-huh. decide, you know what, we can take tonight and rewrite it. They get a little spooked. They're like, you know what, it still needs to be better. We need to show them that this is different than anything they've seen before. Are you okay? Yeah, I don't know. I just, I had a thought that, okay, I did make a note of that. Cool. Great. Would you like to read it? Um, yeah. So we know that, or at least we eventually find out that Cuddly Whiskers was in, you know, went to rehab, had addiction issues. And so I did kind of take fault when him and Bojack are rewriting the script that Bojack is just getting shit faced and maybe doing other drugs around him. 
Again, Cuddly Whiskers could be fine. He could be strong enough for that. And again, Bojack's not really the most upstanding friend. Yeah. But it, it always just one of those where it's like, oh, dude, this guy had a severe enough addiction issue that went away for it and then tried to help other people. And Enough I'm saying you're wrong, but your fault with this story bit is that Bojack is not empathetic enough to be sober around recovering addicts, and you're surprised by it. That's a genuine question because Bojack's awful. So like you're you have had the same question for me before. I know, but so like you're surprised. No, I'm not. By su- it? No, I'm not surprised. It's just one of those. It was a note that Bojack is an asshole for drinking around okay, an yeah, addict. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did, okay. He also in this moment bullies the shit out of Princess Carolyn oh as she God, tries. So uncomfortable to watch. But it's the catalyst that makes her say, "No, he's right. Like I've done nothing for 13 years. I want to be an agent." And she gets it. No, it's... but it's just so heartbreaking to realize that like this is the start of their actual romantic relationship that we know goes on. She says later she doesn't want it to, but it goes on as she predicted essentially for the better part of 13 years after this mm-hmm. and their decades long knowing of each other but he says as she tries to put in her own two cents about hey what if the show did this or what if it did this and he says you know what stop talking you're not even my agent you're my agent's assistant you have been for 13 years what would you know about constructive criticism for a show i want like a coffee i'll come yeah if i that if i want a coffee i'll come get you how about that um and so she says you're right uh and then she leaves Again, you're right. It brings forth a good change, right, but, but it's, still it's still so fucking hard to watch. It's still so hard to watch. Then you still know, like, ugh, even though she says, like, we're done. I'm your friend. I will always support you. However, For nine more be, years. I don't want to be romantic with you. And then still falls into that pitfall of... The, and you know what? Princess Carolyn has a lot of faults. She does. She does, but it's. I think it's the... Uh, this is not one of... I mean, she's genuinely looking out for him both as a client and as a friend. Like, she wasn't trying to be, like... Begin, the addicted mentality of BoJack Horseman just evolves and mutates people that much when they're around him that long. Oh, yeah. They're like, no. oh, I don't see the problem with, like, saying, like, I want to have a family at 40. Now I'm 40 and I've had sex with BoJack for every other year yeah. for the last two decades. No, I mean, I'm not saying, like, I'm surprised or, like, I'm, I'm shocked by it. It just still, it sucks. Because, like, we have seen when Princess Carolyn can be manipulative and vicious and cunning. Here, I feel like, was a genuine, like, I feel like if you take her back in 2007 versus where she is at in any of the present day scenarios like being an agent has morphed her has changed her has hardened her like she became okay with being a single mom or a single person at 40 with no family Mm -hmm. here though there is much more of a benevolent side to her and it's getting kicked in the side by bojack yeah and so when she finally tells marv that she wants to be an agent he which well he just gives up (laughs) and also he's like how are you going to be an agent? You're a woman. There's no word for it. What are we going to call you? An agentess? Like a mistress? Just, or just a, an agent, dude. Or an agentrix, like a dominatrix, which... What's okay, that you said? There's a panic at the disco? And she's like, I want to be an agent, but I know there's no openings here. And he said, now there is, because I quit. She's like, what? And he says, being an agent took everything from me. My friends, family, my life. I have nothing except this job. Now I'm done. Warning, warning, yeah. warning. And she says, oh my God, I'm an agent. I'm going to make it after all. And Mary Tyler Moore style throws her head into yeah. the ceiling fan, which shreds the fuck out of it. Which, first, first thing, thing I'm, I'm going to do, do is get rid of the ceiling fan. And she does. <laughs> Okay, I know we've, like, gushed over him, but Paul F. Tompkins, here, primarily, Marv is, like, a really just silly, with a lot of dark undertones, but, like, silly, comedic character. Yeah. But when he does, hits that low register where he just has that, like, moment of realization of just, like, like, damn, Tompkins gets it. 
gets it. Yeah. Um, we then go to the brainstorm of Cuddly Whiskers and Bojack Horseman, which the only Ugh. thing stupider than this thing is when PB and Todd brainstorm. Like, <laughs> yeah. again, stop leaving straight white men in a room together to brain because Jesus Christ. Do we know Cuddly Whiskers is straight white man? Find it- just straight men in general. I was going to say it's voiced by a black man. Find just straight men in general. Uh-huh. So Bojack's big idea is to completely show people that he is over the horse of horsing around. We start with a close-up of him literally taking a shit on a VHS copy of Horsing Around. Which is probably, I just couldn't remember, is it VHS or DVD? It's it was VHS. 07, but that's because, even better, VHS. Because the HD DVD is brand new, because everyone's so excited they're all getting one. I appreciate that. God, eight seasons of that on VHS. Jesus Can you imagine? Christ. That's probably like 40 VHSs oh, yeah. total. Three episodes of tape. Uh-huh, you have to switch them out. And then re- <sighs> oh, and then on the, on the corner, you have another plug-in for the VHS rewinder. Oh, you gotta have that. You have to, because oh, you can't get charged at Blockbuster. You can't can't just sit there like this and do it yeah and ruin it for th- so some of the other things that they're suggesting is what if it's just bojack reading a book for five minutes with a yeah with a close-up on his face as he realizes the point of the story like wow just something real again edgy wannabe fx shit and the whole time throughout all this they're like they'll, they'll make these really absurd suggestions and they're like well well it's a starting idea. We'll, we'll change it later. We can always they never take it do. Out. No, they leave like, it in there. The catchphrase, Ooh, yeah. what's up, bitches? What's it, what if my catchphrase is I throw my hands in there and say, what's up, bitches? Or like, something like that. Yeah. Something like that. We can change we'll it later. Change we'll it later. And I'm just like, oh my God. This is if Charlie Sheen was on Jackass. Oh, God. Yeah. Remember that? Winning. Meanwhile. Oh, the mid-aughts was a wild time. Wow. And then we thought that was the most scandal. Remember whenever, like, women kissed on TV and people were like, oh, my God. Britney and Madonna. And then, yeah, I feel so bad for Christina Aguilar. She was there, too. No one ever remembers that. True. I thought she was hot. Um, she wasn't in the lesbian kiss, so. So, yeah, they're, they're up all night. Bojack's drinking like the good friend that he is around an addict. Oh, we didn't talk about Jill Pill earlier. Oh, that um, she And his relationship. Because she's the assistant. Weirdly of, uptight assistant with a with kink. Yeah, she's his assistant. And I, I did ask, like, and I don't know enough about this, so I, I do apologize. Like, is it a sub-dom kind of relationship? Like, is there enough clues to tell us? Uh, not necessarily. I think there's some sort of a... Uh, like a control play kind Yeah, of thing? control, but I wouldn't say sub-dom. Okay. I've watched one season of Bonnie, so I don't know enough. Oh, no, you need to watch season two. I know. I'm getting there. So yeah, we do. We see a little bit more of a glimpse into like, oh yeah, Jill Pillis is assistant. There's obviously a sexual relationship there, uh-huh, uh-huh. which we'll play up into later. So yeah, after they do the whole all night binge of rewriting it, and they've changed every single aspect from this well-regarded script. And lastly, Cully Whiskers is like, well, the only thing left is the title. What if we change it to the BoJack Horseman Show as just kind of a final. Fuck you to the execs. Fuck you to horsing around. All that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then from there, we act break over to Todd and Emily are making out in her dad's bedroom. Earlier on in the episode, made me happy. Emily mentions like, oh, my dad's real scary. You guys know the Sopranos? Yeah, that's him. That Ta- weird saxophone Kenny G plays? Good call. So Todd takes and says, oh, Emily's dad is a, a mafioso. Boss. But as they're making out, like, Emily's like, hey, dude, do you want to have sex? 
And Todd is reluctantly, half-heartedly like, oh, okay. And then all of a sudden they hear a car and a door slam. Her dad's home. And she starts freaking out like, oh my god, my dad. And Todd's equally freaking out because he thinks like, oh, he's a mafioso. And then Emily's like, no, dude, he works on The Sopranos. He's an editor. You need to go. I mean, at one point Todd just screams, oh god, that's even worse. He must be so desensitized to violence and nihilistic rumination on the banality of evil. Which sums up Sopranos as well. So she gives him a film reel of the final was, episode of, of the Sopranos. For him to, and for him to lower shimmy himself. Shimmy on out because he loves, loves shimmying. And here's the thing, viewers, if you don't know, the final episode of the series finale is renowned because, without spoiling too much, there's a cut to black, which made a lot of people think that HBO went out, that there's something wrong. No, it was intentional, and it was awesome. Fuck the detractors. Here in BoJack canon... Okay, so that's my thing. That was so good, done once. Now others try to do, like, a different thing on it, and it fucking sucks. Who else has done that? So you don't know, you're just making broad assumptions against pop culture and TV. Oh, forgive me for assuming that if it works once, anyways, in if the it Bojack. works once in Hollywood, they try to repeat it until it dies. Good save. In Bojack Cannon, Todd is shimming out with the final reel, and he rips off the tape, explains the cut to black, at which point he yells, "Tony marries Dr. Melfi, Mamma Mia!" <laughs> Fun fact: the actress who plays Dr. Melfi is later on this season as Dr. Janet. So Todd shimmies away. The most important thing, though, is this is the origin story of Todd's hat. He was wearing a purple hat this entire episode, and then he wears Emily's yellow hat. You just 9-11 my brain. Right on. So yeah, from there, do we need to talk about the PB fundraiser? We, Jessica Beale breaks up with... Actually, yeah, we need to talk about it. We do because... John Edwards. Yeah. Mr. Peanut Butter is hosting a political fundraiser in North Dakota. He's it's out of state, right? No, it was in California. Was it? Oh, sorry. Yes, sorry. He says in a anyway. Um, he's hosting a political fundraiser for an up and coming candidate who just announced his running for the 2008 presidential Democratic nomination. And his name is John Edwards. And (laughs) uh, I'm gonna take it. He says, <laughs> let's make this man president so he can touch whoever he because wants. Because he's saying, Mr. Beanie was saying like, oh, I was speaking to John Edwards aides the other day and she kept gushing about how much often he touched her. John Edwards. It's not that a... she was gushing. It's that she was pleading for help. And uh, I'm going with PB's vernacular. Sure. No, no, no. Not I know. That's right. No, no. I'm correcting PB, not you. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Fair enough. John Edwards had a scandal befall. Scandal makes it sound like he didn't do it. John Edwards, while his wife was terminally ill with cancer, was cheating on her and got caught. With political aides that he was basically telling, you don't have a choice because you work for me. You John can't Edwards tell or I don't get to be president. And that is shortly before he dropped out of the race for presidency. Yeah, John Edwards... I feel like this is one of those jokes where like you can tell it was pre-Me Too, like pre-2017 The real scary thing is, tragically, besides that, dude had his shit on point as far as debates. He was good until, you know, he cheated on his dying wife and yeah. sexually assaulted. A bunch of women. But, like, on camera before that, he looked good enough. He could have beat almost everyone. Clinton got cheated. I'm sorry. Because well, she was showing emotion on stage. We didn't like that <sighs> in 2008. Let me cry. They're the president. Yeah. What happens when you get that call at 3 a.m.? You have a Dude, nuclear... God. You have the nuclear football next to you. What are you going to do when you... Do you remember... score. Who was it? Who was it that um, literally brought up her menstrual cycle? 
It was some Fox News junkie that was like, what is she going to do when she gets a period? I'm just going to assume all of them. Probably. It's true. It, it, the women, true. the men. But it's just like baffling to think like, which is still, still an issue now, but all these deep cuts of like, oh, nothing's really changed on that front. Cool. I love that. Got it. Our country is a festering hellhole. Anyways, backstage at the um, fundraiser, Jessica Biel breaks up with Mr. Peanut Butter, and she's like, fine, like, without him prompting, fine, I will go marry Justin Timberlake, hence me Wikipedia who he was married. So, Mr. Peanut Butter's left there just kind of like, oh man, bummed out, because that's the most emotion he can show. And Blarn shows up. Diane's there, and, because she's doing a cater waiter gig with Wayne and Roxy, and she kind of, like, comes up and talks to Mr. Peanut Butter and just like, hey, you know what? I think it's cool that you're putting yourself out there. You're taking gigs. Like, you're not caring what other people think. And he's like, oh, dude, that's fucking stupid. Who cares what other people think? And she's like, oh, dude, I really agree. And he's like, oh, thank God. I was scared. Now, the main purpose of this, besides really getting us their... I'm not using the phrase meet cute for a number of reasons. At one point, Mr. Peanut Butter, he's like, oh, hey, can I change out? Because we've talked about this before. He's wearing the t-shirt with the tux on it, which I did never own. I would risk my family's life because me risking my own life doesn't mean anything. As he's taking his shirt off, I guess he's ripped for a dog. I don't know. And Diane says, hey there, Delilah. I bring this up because the Plain White Tees are an awful fucking band. They were shitty back then. Hey there, Delilah is a piece of shit song. And that four words song fucking garbage also we deserve all the bad things that happened to us steven thoughts yeah i was just thinking of how we have a revelation that diane was doomed from the start to have this shitty marriage to this shitty man and i fucking hate playing yts they're just fucking shit oh right sorry we're focusing on this band yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. fuck them yeah yeah also before jessica beale leaves she one of her examples that i love is she says you know what? i don't need this i just got offered the role in a very important <laughs> a very important gay rights movie called i now pronounce you chuck and larry which, which again is two straight men cast as fake gay people but the great thing about time in hindsight is that Hollywood and history in itself will remember as uh, I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry as one of the most groundbreaking movies when it comes to LGBTQ rights. And we thank Adam Sandler and Kevin James for the sacrifice they could have made to their career for just putting that. I mean, yeah, broke back mountain, whatever. Fuck it. The Joker did some gay shit. No, Chuck and Larry that paved the way for sex education for queer eye. Like we're lucky to have it. Queer eye was before. Not the reboot, dumbass. No one cares about that the, anymore. They the, care about gay Jesus doing his thing in Kansas City. The original one that, you know, is literally lauded as paving the way. Yeah, but that wasn't Chuck and Larry. How do you think Carson Kressley got famous enough to have I don't that know who face? that is, but gay Jesus is wandering around Kansas one, City. Right? The fashion one, yeah. The one that showed yeah, you how to... Be proud of that. The one that taught, you, the one that taught you how to shave with the grain. Carson Kressley was the fashion one. It doesn't matter. No one gives a shit about the original Queer Eye since the new one came out and therefore justifying my point. And Carson Kressley's a guest judge a lot on RuPaul's Drag Race, so you have to listen to his little gay voice the entire time. We now go to the viewing party for the premiere of the BoJack Horseman show. It's with character actress Margot <laughs> Martindale is in it. We find she out is. how they meet. Her name is Angel in the show. We have the producers. We have all of the agents. We have everyone. And Princess Carolyn pulls BoJack aside to say, hey, 
just so you know, I took what you said to me to heart and I am an agent now. He said, well, that's great. Sorry that I was a shitty person, blah, blah, blah. And she says, no, it's okay. It really opened my eyes to a lot. And he said, so... And he basically he asked if they kiss, right? Like, should we kiss now? Yeah, he's like, oh, hey, can I get a kiss for good yeah, luck? Yeah, should I get a kiss like, for good luck? She says, no, Bojack. I'm 33 and I want a family by 40. It's time I really start taking more than just my job seriously. I need to do this for real. Uh, I'll always be your friend. I'll always be your supporter. But, like, I need someone, an emotional partner that is here for me and supports me. So they have this back and forth. Bojack confides in her. He's like, hey, like, I don't want to be known as just the horse from horse and around it's just uh, breaks down it's like why do you care so much about that because no one likes the horse i need to be liked bojack realized in his first shot for fame like as we talked about before he just wants to be have other people make him feel happy permanently and he can't and he says no one liked the horse and at the end of the conversation she says hey just so you know i really like the horse from horse and around and bojack says yeah everybody did but he still doesn't believe it I do like when we do our little bounce back like that. It sounds rehearsed, but it wasn't. We're synced up. You know what's the best part of that? Whenever you call it out as not rehearsed. Oh, Stefan's making a big deal about it. He's just being crazy. <sighs> Listen, I have more assholes in my taint than you have complaints in a day, so I really I don't, don't care. know what that means. I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Bojack starts freaking out, runs up to cut the whiskers, like, dude, we gotta pull it, we gotta pull it, we gotta pull it. It's not who I am, it's like, not right. And he's like, dude, it's on in 30 seconds. Yeah. This is it. It's prime time. Like, we, it's already been submitted to, like, the whatever, like, it, we're, it's done. Back in the day when episodes aired once a week at a scheduled time with advertisers, it's crazy, I know. Meanwhile, now this entire show in BoJack Horseman, we binged in a weekend because it was released a season at a time. Oh, I thought you meant ours. We've actually recorded all these episodes for the entire podcast. We're just releasing it and then editing it with cool topical things. We spent six hours a day. Oh, I would have blown your brains out and then mine. Yeah, just banking episodes, which we talked about banking episodes, but none of us have the time or the patience with each other. So, least of all, Joey. Yeah, Joey's a busy person. What? No, I don't want to see him do the M thing and then just cut me. Oh, God. Just say it. Just, get just it. Joey's out there laying that dick down, just fucking balls deep in pussy, just getting that goop left and right. Why is it that you can only... Today, so yeah, hey, busy. there's e-girls now. Biddies love that. Why is it that you focus on Joey's personal life and not his professional life? Because his professional life is recording you and me bicker at each other for two this hours. Is not professional. And then cutting it down to an hour He's not 15. getting paid for this. He has an actual job. Career booster. Resume, motherfucker. Sure. You want to finish it up? Bojack regrets the changes to the show. <laughs> and then cue the uh, group love end song. No, cue him panicked standing there as they all finally start to watch and they'll have wine What's in up, hand. Bitches? What's up, bitches? Cue the re-edited end song. Episode-wise, what y'all think of this? Decent. Nice little use of flashback. I think it's good. I think, I mean, it, it sets up good plot point. Like it, or not plot points, but like it strengthens the foundation of what we have and like who they are and motivations and whatnot Mm -hmm. and i mean if anything at the very least it just shows their i guess comedic prowess as far as animation and writing as far as references and whatnot i just enjoy because they do this again and each time we do a flashback episode we still get new information about a character Mm -hmm. we're three seasons in we're still getting new new information about each of these characters it just makes sense like it's not like a retcon and it's not like oh that doesn't really 
really click with something they've said. Like it's cohesive. Well, and I think and like it's you just, said a while back is uh, like season three is when Todd and PC start really getting fleshed out. Mm-hmm. They're not just side characters. No, they can hold their own segment of the show and are like integral to it. And here we're, we're and getting it, it up now. to because four and five and. Less so in six because six is like the downhill slope of the roller coaster that it's it so focuses on on BoJack. Yeah. But four and five, that's when like Todd and PC and even Peanut Butter start having their own episode arcs where like oh, they yeah. it's not Diane like BoJack and Diane are barely in them. Like it's mostly the Amy Sedaris and and Aaron Paul just leading the like having the most lines, having the most scenes, just delving in and yeah. just destroying it. I'm thinking I of it. I mean the episode with. Todd and his stepdad breaking the fact like yeah. that no one really talks except for Paul except for Todd mm-hmm. no, and that, then her going back to home to look for the adoption like yeah. it's just her like it's just even her. like the the Halloween episode the main theme is on peanut butter and his ex-wives uh-huh. and girlfriends but I mean still you're getting these flashes of Princess Carolyn at various points of her life and more yeah. importantly her relationship with Bojack right. and then Todd getting introduced into that world mm-hmm. and then Diane with her so helicopter it's just, yeah, it's just wonderful that they have these characters They're like oh wow that's so fleshing okay i don't know everything i need to know about them got it so i think it's just a testament to the writing which i know i've like yep. flooded the basement over it before but um i mean because they had like broad strokes i think of as they were like first starting the show but it's still every season like okay what can we do and then going back and working backwards forwards in the present and just doing a really fucking good job yeah. so that said joey what you up to buddy I'm really not, haven't been watching anything a lot. I was watching WandaVision on Friday, uh. and what was also felt like really good after watching WandaVision, I watched The Truman Show again. That makes sense. Like, it works really well. Like, watching essentially the opposite of WandaVision. I was mostly confused because I was like, how did you feel good after watching that episode? Because I was... I had flashbacks of BoJack watching that. It's all trauma. I genuinely was crying. Whenever, like, just the flashback of her breaking in, like, I'm seeing him right now. And then I showed you, you were getting here, but so in the scene of Infinity War when she kills Vision... Yes. He says, it's all right, I won't feel pain, I only feel you, and she shatters the gemstone. And then later, when she breaks into the sword facility and touches his head, she says, I can't feel you. Like, interconnecting, like, that's her, like, love line for each other the whole time. Which, I said this earlier, like, when I first saw Infinity Wars, it doesn't. Re- I didn't. So I didn't like inf- that because it felt like such a Infinity shitty Deus Ex Machina of like, oh, uh-huh. she killed him. Never mind. Thanos just comes reverse. The problem fuck you. is in the movie, which I like that they're taking this mini series like side plot point to of yeah. destruction. I wish they would do it more because Infinity War was so fast paced. Yeah. Like they open different characters all doing shit and you love all of them. They open because it yeah Infinity with like hey we have thirty four main characters from this that are all in the same movie right now. The opening scene of Infinity War is her and Vision just getting yanked around London mm-hmm. uh, by the two aliens, and then it's just like okay like this is a lot. Like, it doesn't have the pace for that emotional bandwidth. And I mean... Especially for characters introduced two movies before that are listed as non-mainless actors. We have a quorum. Can we all vote? Elizabeth Olsen fucking Gorgeous. gets it. Well, not, we're not judging her own look, Stephen. Kills it acting-wise. And it's gorgeous. Kills it. Absolutely. She's amazing. If you haven't seen the Netflix movie... Kodachrome? Oh, Davis. I watched that when it came. There's so... Can we watch it? I truly haven't seen her in it's a bad It's so movie. good. I no, it's a great a movie. movie. Yes. Cut She's great. And it's got Ed Harris from Stepmom. 
And The Rock. And oh, The Truman yeah. Show. Oh my god. Oh, he wasn't the truth the director. Good lord. Fucking Ed um, Harris gets it. That killed me. Okay, so... <laughs> Uh-oh. I need to be ramping up my insults. I know that no, look. No, no. So when Monica breaks into the hex and gets mm-hmm. rewritten, I saw a TikTok about this that it gave me chills. But it's a black woman pushing into the expectations and reality of a white woman to still achieve her strongest self. Kamala Harris. No. Oh, that's Kamala, where you're going with that. Kamala's not on tiktok i meant the metaphor no no no. it's just like oh okay yeah like a white woman trying to change and like keep out a black yeah. woman she still pushes through based on her own facts wrong. and then just yeah just the words and like the of her mom talking and like the captain marvel however i will say i think monica rambo is going to fucking whoop captain marvel's ass as far as like Okay, not in a physical fight, but like in the comics, Monica Rambo comes before Carol Danvers. Yeah. So it's like, okay, like, but I think it's going to be her and fucking Scarlet Witch. So they're going to just be like, we love them. And like, who are you? And Brie Larson will be like, I'm the strongest Avenger. And we'll be like, okay, calm down. I know I talked about this last time, but I'm slowly going through the chronology. I did watch uh, Captain Marvel again last time. Great movie. Great movie. However, again, it's just a weird comparison between yeah. the two photon is gonna be great i don't know what that is but uh monica rambo's character's second name oh, cool um she can see um electromagnetic pulses and turn into energy oh sorry we were talking about that last time yeah all right hey yeah she's so gonna be great steven what have you been watching wandavision mm-hmm. Rewatched all of it mm, nice just to get ready probably do that this week for the season yeah, yeah. or series um, finale watching both drag races uk and season 13 you have to get over your fake hatred of drag. So, Drag Race, WandaVision. And coming back into the actual aired part. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Spinning back into that, what you guys will actually hear me talk about. <gasps> just blank all, or just a loud beep for 15 minutes. Um, <laughs> oh, please stand by. <laughs> <laughs> and just these cool digital, like, photon effects of our faces. Of us just, like, holding alcohol. I'm so, I truly think, because they didn't do it last episode, I think they're going to do it again for the finale, and I'm just going to fucking, like, break my TV. What? I think they're going to, like, for the finale, like, the cut to credits this week finale of wandavision they're gonna do another please stand by oh. or someone's gonna say it like they're gonna I get thought real they do that every time and then i just skip forward to the like, no the or they're hidden gonna credits. or they're gonna get like real fucking meta with it and be like dr strange is gonna appear at the end and Benedict. it's just kevin feige be like thank you for giving us your money yeah please i can stand- pay my mansion now please That's all i wanted uh-huh. the trailer for endgame to be is just you will give tony stark more money yeah yeah his contract ends, so I need to really finish strong. Thank you. But yeah, no. And then I also uh, finally finished my fourth book of the year. I'm a little behind on my uh, reading list to get to 27 by my birthday. So I need to hustle, but I'm very excited. I'm currently reading, I just started Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man. I feel like it's all entitled, but what's that about? It's very good. It is, let me get the Emmanuel something. Let me get his uh, last name. Emmanuel um keep wanting to do the philosopher Emmanuel Kant I want I'm I'm gonna say his name it's A-C-H-O I'm gonna say it's Akko but Emmanuel Akko maybe something uh, the white person would say a chew yeah (laughs) that's silly but so he starts out the introduction as hey this is an invitation to everyone that wants to learn and have a conversation about black people and with questions you don't feel like you can ask 
but that I will answer for you as long as you are someone that's not using them maliciously. Come to the table. Um, and so that's where I'm at. Yeah, yeah, no, it's really great so far. He's talked about his, um, he grew up in Texas in a really affluent suburban neighborhood, went to a really well-known private school in Texas. And then so his entire life, he's like, I didn't realize that like whenever people look at me and said, you don't talk like you're black, that that was racist. I hate when fucking people say yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So, so he's dug into much. like his own realization. He's like, I didn't realize like whenever people said, oh, you dress really nice. Where are you from? Like the racial undertones. He's like, I never yeah. outwardly got called the N word or like blah, blah, blah at school. But it happened to mine. Constantly had the same thing. Yeah. Of just the undertones of racism my entire life. And I never You realized. speak really white. Can I touch your hair? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your hair is really Fuck fancy. You. How'd you do that? Right. Like actual like racially aggressive things that yeah. like. Some people are like, that's not racist. No, it is. So that's, that's where we're at now. I'll keep you posted. It's a very, like, no, I'm yeah, very please. impressed. That, that sounds very good. excited so far. I've heard great things about this book. It, Before we switch topics, I had a question, Stephen. When you do your book list, mm-hmm. does it start, like, on your birthday or January 1st? Um, so, it's, so it's the calendar year. Okay. So I tried to finish, like, last year I tried, I finished all of my 26 books. Mm-hmm. Um, my birthday is November 26th. I think I finished my last one on November 5th. Okay. What? Not saying it. Nope. Say it. Nope. No. Say it. No. It it. it gives you ammo. Say it. Okay, so I'm very, yeah, stressed because I have 11 through 26 haven't come out yet, so we'll see how they go. That's, like, really presumptuous. Oh, yeah, you know, like, I've already mapped out, like, I picked, like, three genres or, like, four genres, and then I'm like, I want X amount from each. And then I go it's through the gay on, like, boy manga ones where it's just right. Like... So there's like there's like twelve LGBT novels, um, mm-hmm. three political novels for black authors, blah blah blah. So I'd like to think it's your white guild that's like I have these quotas to meet. And I no, I just want to make sure because like two I years know, ago, I know, I know, you're two years ago. All twenty five of them were like LGBT white authors, and I was like, motherfucker. And so now I'm like, I need to step in the right direction. And variety always kind of makes it more fun. It does. So like, and also like, I would only read like young adult, like romance things. Cause I'm a, Ooh, Harvey Weinstein's autobiography. This should be a, a thriller. Jesus Christ. Okay. I'm leaving now, whether or not we sign off. So ain't no one asked me what I'm, I'm doing. I'm Stefan. What are you doing? Don't worry about it. I'm Stefan. Stefan, what are you doing? No, I'm Stefan. And I'm Archduke Ferdinand. Goodbye.